Sponsorship of the KQED live audio stream comes from Xfinity Mobile, featuring customized wireless plans. Customers can choose unlimited, buy the gig, shared data, or a mix of both and switch it up anytime. Learn more at XfinityMobile.com. You're about to listen to the Nest Vipers podcast. This episode is a little racy in spots. We've got some racy language and some racy situations. If you have a delicate constitution and choose to continue listening, good for you. All right, welcome to the Nest of Vipers podcast, cultural chit-chat for know-it-alls, ne'er-do-wells, and nattering nabobs everywhere. I'm your host, Danny Plotnick, and each week on the show, we have a team of esteemed blabbermouths spouting off about cultural topics of the utmost importance, and today we're going to talk about dating, because I'd like to think that people who listen to this show have possibly been on one or two dates. If you've been on one or two, there's a good chance that at least one of them was a bad date. So with that said, let me introduce the panel as Almost always. Here we have Tony B. Should I sing the, the theme from Mystery Date? Remember that board game? I do. Mystery Date. Who will be your mystery date? Will he be a dream or a dud? <laughs> <laughs> and which would you be? <laughs> ah, Straight up dud. <laughs> I like the notion that a board game could have a um, theme song. I like the notion that there's an alternate universe in which everybody that we're going to tell our bad date stories about our is shut-ins. also telling the story about having bad dates with all of us. Oh, oh, that would call, yeah. If we could only call in like irate X's calling in. Actually, the, the, the mystery date theme song morphed into at our at our house. Uh, is became you know we have this game we play at our house called Mystery Fridge, <laughs> where you know it's time Mystery to, Fridge. It, yeah, and that's what it is. So Ray and I, like Ray, will just like I'll, I'll be you know sitting in the kitchen, and then Ray will start going. Do, 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 do. And then I know it's time to throw out the uh, the, the month old leftover. All right, and here we have Beth Lissick, writer, author of Everybody Into the Pool. Hello, and first time on the show, Sadie Shaw, a double threat musician, filmmaker, musician in the band The Husbands, and a filmmaker of an upcoming film what called. It? Bad day. Oh, Bad really? Day. Yes. Oh. Hi. So we have to have Sadie on. All right, very good. Well, we're going to get things uh, rolling with Beth. All right, so I had to, when you asked me about this topic, I was like, I haven't had a bad day because I didn't. I was not. I a haven't. Big I haven't had a bad well, day. I, I never was a date. I was never a big dater. You know, I would just meet somebody at a party, and then, and then they were my boyfriend. Right? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like I just called hooking up. <laughs> I just never had like somebody ask you. Do, on a date do people date anymore? Gonna... I mean, is that even yeah, an archaic? Well, yeah, term? the inter- I mean, no, because there's all everybody. A lot of people I know who are single now have incredible internet dating stories and all this Match.com and Craigslist and all that stuff but my story is uh, I was about 20 years old 19 or 20 and I was living in Santa Cruz and I was working at a bakery and sometimes I would work the counter and sometimes I would work in the back and do the the breads and the muffins so there was this one customer who would come in and it was always when you work at a bakery one of the pet peeves at least at our bakery was when somebody would come in and they didn't know if they wanted a cookie or a muffin or a scone or a loaf of rye bread they just wanted whatever was hot and it was so <laughs> weird because it was like just this hey baby weird what's hot well it didn't even you come are. off like a pickup line but it was just kind of this gross ambivalence like give me what's warm uh what's warm what's o- what's over there on the, that's on the not rack really that just ambivalent came- that's I, kind of it's uh, but really you don't know if you want a loaf of rye bread or a poppy seed muffin whatever I mean, well warm. yeah i mean if you're going in for I, a cookie and you walk away with a loaf of rye bread i mean that's that's 
I, ambivalent, sure. I'll give it to you. All right. So, are, your, are your morning buns warm? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this was one of those guys who he would just always wanted whatever was, was hot. But then he would, it was in a bakery where you could, there was an outdoor porch where you could sit down, but there was no space inside the bakery to sit down and eat anything. That's actually brilliant as far as... Get him out. Get, get him, him out. In, get him out. So don't want to deal with the customers. Um, <laughs> Send him outside. <laughs> so he, but he would stand there in just the customer service area, eating whatever was hot, and kind of staring at me. And I was nineteen or twenty, and was he was <laughs> vaguely kind of attractive-ish, but he was. It was just more creepy and um why and who's that who's that creepy yet attractive stalker in the window well, there's, there's whatever's a, hot that, that a replacement song customer yeah i'm in love with a girl who works at a grocery store but i'm nothing but a customer <laughs> somehow one day i went up to the when it got busy i would have to go up the counter and ring people up so so i was ringing him up and he was like hey you know my name's scott and you know i go to school at ucs and i was like oh so do i and Said so I think it was summertime, and, and he said that's such um, a bullshit kind of line. I go to school at UCS. You're like, of course. Like, but somehow that made him like safe or something, you know? Right. Because it was so. Um, so anyway, he asked me if I wanted to go. Now this is the part that's kind of confusing to me is that this person who I already thought was kind of creepy asked me to go on a date, and because I'd never really been asked out on a date in that kind of way, I was just sort of like, well. Why Why not? Sure, okay. So we arranged for him to come pick me up in my house. And I find out he's 28 or 20. He's a graduate so old. Yeah, oh, so totally ancient, you know. And um, he's getting his PhD in biophysics. And um, pick me up maybe in his, like, a Honda or something like that. And we go to... Something classy. Yeah, just like I had a Honda myself, you know. And so we go to a movie, which I know, no, first we go out to dinner. And we go to this restaurant called Seychelles, which is in downtown Santa Cruz, and it's in an old house. And it's like it's like the you know, if you're not going to the one place that's on the water, that's kind of romantic. It's sort of like a you know, like a nice date place to go. So Seychelles, we, it's, it's Seychelles, like the islands, and and so there's um, candles, and we have nothing to talk about. You know, I'm I have a shaved head and thrifty store clothes, and I'm just kind of a spaz, and and he's you know this kind of brainiac but also there was something super creepy about him just as I'm sitting across the table from him I'm like weird 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 did he wear a suit and um no what did he no, order I, he was probably wearing some like some khaki pants and a you there know a button down shirt right there. some Ouch. top siders you know and um, yeah, so well, your nice khakis. <laughs> he was wearing his nice dress khaki. khakis. He the dress khakis, khakis without the elastic in the back. And, and um, what his hair looked like. <laughs> and he had kind of shaved hair too, blonde hair. He had really weird looking eyes, like big, gigantic, light, 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 light blue eyes. And um, gigantic, bold, with like kind of <laughs> like <laughs> light, light eyebrows of. and light eyelashes. And so, anyway, so we have this dinner, and then we go. And I don't really want to go see a movie with him now. And but we go and see a, some kind of foreign film. I was trying to remember what it was. I can't remember. But Caligula, Nickelodeon, <laughs> and um, and you know something with subtitles. Like just, I just felt like he really it, wanted it, to have you a know romantic what this is? date. This was a date. This was a this this is why this I knew this was it because this is like you know the one date that I'd been on, and and it was bad. So then we go to the movie. And then after the movie, I've got to get up to be at the bakery at six o'clock in the morning, and it, it's probably eleven thirty or something by now. And I'm like, well, okay, I gotta go, you know. And he's like, I'd really like to take you to see my yurt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're, you're what? And he's What's like, a yurt? I live in a yurt. And a yurt is a, 
It's a um, alternative kind of housing that is sort of like a like a tent or a teepee, but it's like a structure that's sort it's of kind of like hexagonal. Sit- yeah, it, it, it's many sided. So it's, it's not it's not a, it's not a relative of the llama. <laughs> <laughs> and no, that's my but, first. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. the weird thing about it Did is that later, what? two years later, I went to somebody else's yurt who raised llamas in the Santa Cruz Mountains. <laughs> well, that okay, so I, but that's There's not a, a far stretch. Anyway, I was like, what? So he's explained to me what a yurt was. Because you didn't know. Did you? So somehow wait. the yurt pulls me and what? Wait, did you know what a yurt was? No, I didn't know what a yurt was. What's a yurt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had him explain. I was, I mean, we were in the car on the way for him to take me home. And then what he pulls me in with, I love this, that I was like somehow sucked in by the yurt. And, um, and I get, it's just that thing of like, oh, I've slept, I've slept, no I've slept something? in a yurt once in Northern California. Did it have a floor? Cause this one actually had like a wood floor. Well, yeah, so we there's get some kind of yurt. floor. Um, okay, but it, the the yurt was sexy too. We, I just have to say. So I, I know why you're going there. But we sure. get so so it takes forever to get to the yurt. We are going um, Santa Cruz Mountains back. It's just dark, winding, winding roads. And I was like, you know, I got to get up really early. I can't believe this is. I'm going to have to go home later. And and oh no problem, I'll take you home. And I really think that this car ride was about. 25 or 30 minutes. Like, it was long. We get all the way into the mountains, and it's just dark. We get out, and I'm in the middle of the woods. I'm like, fuck. Okay, whoops. And um, so... <laughs> Cue the Friday the 13th music. <laughs> I know. So we get out, like, crackling across sticks, you know, and and going through this path to get to the... And then you just end up, and, and he opens the door to the yurt, and there scarves thrown across the, the lights. There are velvet pillows on the bed, not a futon, but a real bed he had, which That's at something. that point was like, wow. And <laughs> pieces of lace tied to the bedpost <laughs> that were draped down in an X across the bedspread. Like for just some sexy restraints. Oh. And <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, I, she'd never, she'd never been on a date, but she could recognize a sexy restraint when she and, saw one. And there, there were overflowing garbage cans of uneaten bakery products. It was no basically muffins oh. and buns. Okay, but this is the capper. This is the capper on the turntable, spinning around, which he must have put on. Five and a half hours earlier before he came with to pick it, me up because it's on the repeat. Function. It's on the repeat function. So the music is playing as <gasps> you walk in. What was it? Roxy Music's Avalon. Okay. <laughs> Avalon. <laughs> over and over and over. Okay. Ooh, Tony will just Avalon. Oh. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, wow. And you love oh. that song, right? No, no, I was just like, not anymore. Whoa. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> I used to love this. So I'm like, huh? And there's nothing really in the yard except a big bed. And so there's some other house that he refers to that there's like the main house or whatever. If I have to use the bathroom, I can go <laughs> in the main house. And, you know, which you can't see from the yard. I have no idea where it is. And um, was so it just a bigger yurt? Huh? Is it just a bigger I know, yurt? It could have been just, but I never, I never ended up seeing it. The, um, you were in the pod yurt. Oh my god! And so I am embarrassed to admit that we made out a little bit. Why? Oh. Why? Oh. I don't know. I feel you like I didn't there, know what you else in to the do. Yurt. It's just more work I, not I, to. It, yeah, it, I, it beat talking. <laughs> maybe that when we were carrying all on, carrying on well, with I, there was part of me that was, was kind of like well I don't know maybe if we make out it'll be okay but then it was, was I was not attracted to him and it was just weird and creepy and I just felt like I, you know I was just all oh, with my 
bad shaved head that was grown out, like kind of Monchichi, like yeah. just you know, I was just like a like, I was wait, a dork. like what? Yeah, you know, like those Monchichis, those dolls. You know, Monchichi, Monchichi, oh, so soft and cuddly. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like when you shave your head and then it grows out, but it just I'm looks just gonna fuzzy. say yes. So anyway, oh, you um, uh, so then that was going so well, and then he said, "Oh, I'll be right back." And so, so we're, it was just weird because we were making out and he was trying to go further. And I was like, oh, and he's like, I, w- I want to try something to you that maybe you've never had. You know, I was like, oh, I don't, oh. And, I, and, and he's like, people say I'm really talented at it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't, oh. And so I was just like, The mind oh. wobbles. And, and, and so I was like, you know what? I really need to go home. I, I'm really sorry that we just drove a half hour to get here, but you have to drive me home. And we were probably at the yurt for, you know. An hour and a half. No, like 50, 20 minutes. And he goes, oh, 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 okay, I'll be right back. And this is after I tell him I have to leave. So he leaves and he's gone for kind of a long time. And I start getting really worried because I'm sitting there by myself. And so I'm just sitting there and the music's still going on and on. <laughs> and then I start thinking everything like, oh my God, he's getting some like weird dude housemate of his and they're going to come in and rape me. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, seriously. I've never and, had that you know, done to me but, before. Maybe well, that's yeah, it. I, yeah. <laughs> he does that really well. <laughs> no, 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 this was after he said he wanted to do that thing to me. And then I was like, no. So I'm sitting there looking around, looking around, waiting, imagining all sorts of horrible things. And I just decide, which is, this is not a good idea. This is some advice if you're meeting somebody for the first time. Or maybe it is because it's a good morning. <laughs> yeah, I know. The year should have been the tip off. I pull open the bedside drawer because I'm just sitting oh, there. This yeah. has happened before and I've found syringes and, and been like, I got to go. I pull open the bedside drawer. A handgun. Just a handgun in the drawer right next to the bed and the restraints and the and he's gone. And I'm like, oh my, I have to get out of here. So, Most gun accidents happen in your yurt. Oh, <laughs> God. So this was really bad. So I basically came back and I was like, I, and I didn't so I tell him I saw the guy. I know. I've seen your handgun. I need to go. So uh, I didn't tell him I saw the guy. I was just like, you need to. And so then we just the uh, most awkward of silences, the entire ride through the forest all the way back, dropped me back at my, off at uh, my house. and was like, so, you know, do you, you want to hang out again sometime and I was like uh. so for a while he came back in the bakery after that and and I just would not I just would not look at him and of course I told everybody in the bakery the story <laughs> and and uh and so then eventually he just kind of stopped coming the, da- in the, the, the danger of dating someone at your favorite baked goods store when yeah. it goes wrong right where are you gonna get your hot muffins mm-hmm. so wait did you ever find out what he was going to do to no you? oh 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 I think he just meant a little you know uh, <laughs> no, no, what? <laughs> but uh, I, don't, I still don't know would why he, go, he was we're gone for so long. No, no, no. Wait, that was like a separate event. It was like he said he was going to do the special thing to me, and then I was like, no. And then he kept trying to go further, and I was like, no. And then he's like, all right, I'll be right back. Nobody's and then, who, nobody who's ever experienced a special thing. <laughs> Did he get a nickname uh, at the bakery? Uh, oh, God. I don't think so. Like Gun Go- Yurt I know. Man. <laughs> I mean, so anyway. That's a horrible yeah. day. Yeah. Right. I just I just think of that about the age, you know, my age at the time of my experience is that, that I just kind of kept going along with it. It's so weird. When yeah. you're young, you're searching. Yeah. <laughs> Tony B. All right. Well, what can you offer us in a special way? Nobody. 
has ever experienced. No, um, actually, th- this dating story it, it was it was more like a this is an unrequited. It, it's not so much my date as hearing about. Okay, there was this girl who I had a very long standing crush on. Give us some years. Uh, I'd say this is kind of late '80s. We were living together in London in the same building and in, in a bedsit in Earl's Court. A bedsit. Yeah, that's you, you know <laughs> Earl's Court, London. <laughs> Yurts. Bedsits. <laughs> And it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a, a very... story that takes place in a house or an apartment, <laughs> or I don't even accept a flat. You know, and it was a, it was a very long-standing, unrequited crush. And meanwhile, like you know, we'd still be going out. Was she, she English? No, no, she she was an American, but she was dating all, you know, she was dating she various was dating guys and people, yeah, or you know, Irish and uh, and English guys. And she had this real, you know, there was this guy um, that she was really attracted to, this guy whose name was Rusty. And he was an Irishman who was like long, like the long, greasy hair with, with, the, you know, with the leather motorcycle pants. He rode a motorcycle, like this total, you know, inscrutable. You couldn't even understand a word that he said, you know, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, just kind of very guttural and, you know, like super just kind of greasy motorcycle guy that she was completely in love with. And so here I am, like, you know, watching this girl who I'm crushed out on, who's, you know, infatuated with this guy who's just like this complete greaseball motorcycle. You Doesn't know, she understand how brilliant I am? You know, it's a really one at one of those kind of scenes, and then finally, you know, she's like, "He's so uncouth." I had to hear about her date, and basically, like, what happened was, you know, he she finally hooked up with him at the club, and she's like, "Oh yeah, he took me out on the motorcycle, and we went all over London, and we went drinking, and we were riding around like and drunk all the on the motorcycle." You're thinking, I'm doomed. He took her out on a motorcycle. You know, and uh, you know, I guess drunk driving even drunk driving <laughs> on the motorcycle all over London, and I guess he finally uh, got her back to the bedsit, and uh, you know, things start getting all hot and heavy, and you know, they're going for it, and the clothes are coming off, and pretty soon, you know, it's it's, and you know, she's just telling me all this, and you know, finally, so I'm having to, to listen to an actual like, graphic description of him performing oral sex on her. She's like, oh my god, it was so great, and you know, oh my god, he's going down. I was, oh my god, it's just like the most- <laughs> Awesome, you know. <laughs> oh my God, it's incredible, man! It's just like going, and you know, I'm sitting. There, oh yeah, and I'm fully into it and concentrating. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Yeah. And, oh, and you're making he, me blush. And then, and then he stuck. You know, and, and, and I was like, oh yeah, or just like that. And you have a future in phone sex, and he yeah. starts. Well, he starts. You know, and apparently, you know, he he, you know fully into it and he starts like slowing down a little bit and she's like oh yeah just like that and they start slowing down a little bit more and she's like well no look a little no speed up a little bit you know and it's just he's like kind of it's just getting slower and slower and slower and then it just comes to a full stop and he's snoring <laughs> he has just completely fallen asleep and at that during, point you're like yeah during the middle I was like yeah I've never <laughs> fallen asleep <laughs> never fall asleep on you <laughs> so it and, and it was just the most horrific date on, uh, for her and to, the best to, to have and, and you know so it was, it was and yeah i had to hear about it in, <laughs> in full graphic detail and, and uh now you the listening audience oh know about do you think there was a second date there was not a second date which was coming to tell you the story did she tell you you're never gonna believe what happened this is 
the like the, that did she pose it, it in a way that it was like terrible or or were you going along thinking oh my god she's just had this amazing date and then yeah she, she was all she was super psyched you know or at least you know initially but then when she was telling me the story yeah she's like you're never gonna believe what happened i'm like all right let's hear it i can't see so being really toy with your emotion she let you know it was no, bad. No, yeah okay that's, that's good. good i can't see being really <laughs> excited to share that story oh i could i mean that's yeah. a, that's it's all on him <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> so that means it's my turn. But yeah, there we go. It was 1986, and I was 14 years old. And all right, there's so much to tell, and you know, this really like sheds a light on on what a little freaky weird kid I was. And uh, there was an art house theater, like a landmark theater, where they played Rocky Horror and uh, Pink Flamingos and all that. And the projectionist and door guy, uh, he was named Shane. Where were you? What? San Diego. All right. And um, I used to go there all the time, and I had half of my head was shaved, and I would flip it over. But then when my parents were um, so they didn't not notice, around, then I would it was like, like a, that. It was like a punk rock comb over to fool your yeah, parents, exactly. and it worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, except for my mom caught me in the bath once, and then it was over. I was I was busted. Yeah, it was like those you know those dolls that Little Red Riding Hood and, and the Wolf. You know, it was yeah. the same concept with the skirt. Well, anyway, so I would go there I with know exactly. Uh, Anthony, you you had sisters. Do you know what she's talking about? No, I do not. Well, I'm happy you do. (laughs) Yeah. Or I'd be alone here. So I I had my shaved head exposed, and I went to the theater all the time, and I would just stare at this guy named Shane, who had cystic acne. The the projectionist or the door? He did both. Oh, he did both. Okay. And he he also picked all the good movies. I mean, he was was really cool. And he was like 19 or 20, and uh, he had floppy black hair in his eyes and he he was really awkward and he wore suits and he was I was just so crushed out on him and uh, I knew that he dealt acid and uh, (laughs) I would just a lot going for him yeah yeah it was meant to be I just had to make it happen and so I would go there constantly and just stare at him and I really wish I could remember how I got the date but I got it I finally got a date and this is the only real date that I've ever been on because like you said I just hook up with guys at bars. <laughs> like, I, I don't hey, ever... I got a new boyfriend. <laughs> so, yeah, I went on this date, and for, we met at the theater. We went up in the production booth where he put out a bunch of lines of crystal meth. <laughs> that was how to start the date off. Wow. <laughs> and then um, in this theater, there's this thing that I'd never experienced again, which is called, like, I think a crying booth or some kind of... <laughs> <laughs> the, where, when the movie's you take so kids? bad. Yeah. yeah they it had was, one at, my, at the church that I went to, the Queen of Apostles. They had the crying, the crying room. It's and so cool. The cry room. And did it have speakers it. so you could yeah. hear? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it was like this little kind of ten-seater... Well, it was like five-seater, and it's all glass. You're in a Mm -hmm. glass room with speakers. And, I mean, you know, it's just begging to be like the the make-out closet. Because you can see the movie, but no one can see you. Right. But we didn't make out. We went in there, and there was a lot of, like, tension. Crying babies. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, we were alone. No no crying babies. But uh, I didn't know what to do. I could tell we were in there for a reason, but I didn't know what to do. And, obviously, he didn't either. So we went to a movie, and we went to go see Man... Manhunter. Manhunter. And were you that date? <laughs> you knew the movie. No, no, we, were, we, were, we were talking about the movie that's earlier. The big reveal at the end. Oh, and wait, that sorry, man I, I was Anthony. Um, no, we went to see it, and I, at that time, hadn't done many drugs, so I was just out of my head. I was 14, he was 20, and we went to see this movie. And it wasn't that late, it was probably 10 or 11 at night, but you know, in order for me to be out that late and probably later, I had to call mom tell mom I was at my best friend's house and I was going to sleep at my best friend's house. The movie had started and I went out to call my best friend discreetly and, uh, oh, by the way, I told him I was 17, so 
he wasn't that bad off as a pedophile. And so I went out there and told to call my best friend, and she was like, "You now, did you look seventeen? Uh, I think so. I, I I I think so. I didn't have much of like the pigtail baby face right. thing going on. I was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was a woman. Um, and uh, I called my best friend, and she said, "You are so busted. Your mom just called, and my mom answered. And not only does she know that you're not there tonight, she knows that you haven't been here." <laughs> for all these other nights like oh, no. it is you are so in a trouble trail of tears and you're totally oh. high right now right yeah <laughs> for, so there's no going home well i'm i have no well there was going home yeah. <laughs> so i like i call my mother and uh because i just knew i don't know why i shouldn't in retrospect i should have just dealt with it the next day she already knew that i was in big trouble but i, I felt bad for her i thought probably she was worried about me because she's a, a sweet lady so i called her and i said Hi. And she said, where are you? I'm picking you up right now. And so I told her we were at this huge theater that was in the mall. And she came to pick me up, but that wasn't enough. She insisted that I I pull the person that I was in the movie with out so she could give him a piece of her mind. Wow. (laughs) And I said, no, no. And she just insisted. And I was crying. And so I went in there and I told Shane with tears down my face that um, I wasn't 17, I was 14, and my mom was in the lobby. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is where he is actually telling this story of his bad date to somebody else. I can't believe this girl. She said she was 17, and then she brought her mom on the date. That's just the best sentence to whisper into someone's ear in the movie. Yeah, probably going on. I'm 14. And my mom's in the lobby. You feel a hot person. Like, this is going to get good. I have something to tell you. I'm 14. <laughs> my mom's in the lobby. Um, and uh, the rest is kind of how you'd imagine. She yelled at him, and he said he didn't know. And then he went back to see the rest of the movie, and she took me home, and he never talked to me again. Oh. I just kept going to the theater, because it was my neighborhood theater, and it was where the good man... And he wasn't mad. He, I think he was just not interested in... Right, but that must have been so torturous as a teenager because you were so into him, and then he didn't want to have anything to do with you anymore. But you had to go back and moon over him still. But, you know, it's really a funny, funny little capper is that I was working at Aquarius, and he came in. And I recognized him right away. Record store in San Francisco. And he was just grumpy and nerdy, and uh, he didn't look so good. He hadn't aged well, but um, it's probably all the crystal and acid. (laughs) But uh, I didn't... I, I was so tempted to be like, remember me? I was the 14-year-old that we saw Manhunter. But I didn't. I really kind of wish I had. I don't know what he would have done with that information. I'm sure he remembered me. But well, I didn't say anything. Offered to take you back to his yurt. <laughs> yeah. Or his bed sleep or whatever. <laughs> sit. The bed sit. So we've got the cry room, the bed sit, and the yurt. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's a theme of odd places to make out. Mine is also a high school dating story. Back in 1981 or 82, I'm a junior in high school in suburban Detroit, and there's a new girl who shows up junior year, and she's in a bunch of my classes, and I think she's kind of hot, and she's really nice to me. And again, I think part of the whole high school mental set is you're always shocked when anybody's nice to you, let alone someone of the opposite sex. You know, you're, you just have no no way of like comprehending what to do with that. Like, she likes me. Maybe I should ask her out, but... Maybe she doesn't really like me that way. And by asking her out, I'll creep her out and then she'll stop even liking me. You know, that probably takes me several months to get up the gumption to ask her out. And she says, yes, it's like, you know, fantastic. So we decide again, uh, similar to, to Beth, you know, going for the romantic, uh, 
dinner and a movie. No, you didn't go to you didn't go to a movie. No, we did. We did the foreign film. Oh, the foreign film. Yeah. So uh, you know, classy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to take her to classy movie as well. So, but again, in terms of like coming up with sort of the you know a a classy restaurant, you know, when you're a junior in high school, we're usually dinner. If you go out with like your friends, is like Denny's or Big Boys. I decide to take her to, uh, thank God it's Fridays, TGIF, you know, and again, it just seems so classy. All these 20 somethings getting, you know, fucked up on, you know, Long Island iced Long teas, Island, Long Island iced teas, potato skins, <laughs> yeah. bacon bits. Over in the bar and then you're there? over in the other side. It just yeah. seems so damn classy. And so we go to TGIF and the date I think is going pretty smooth. We had the potato skins, the nachos, all of those things, all the great foods, um, from TGIFs. And at some point, I was supposed to at the end of the dinner, the uh, the check comes and I, I get the, the bill, the bill, the check, whatever it is. And I'm shocked at how much this classy day <laughs> is costing me. And for the short term, I'm okay. I can actually pay the bill. But what I quickly realize is that I'm not going to have enough money left to take her to the movies. And not only am I not going to have enough money to take her left in the movies, I don't even have enough money left for my ticket. And there's nothing sort of in this high school world that I think is potentially more embarrassing than not being able to treat your date. I mean, certainly back then. Did she know a movie was on the plate? Yeah, she knew the movie was on the plate. It was all planned. And, you know, back then, the rules of the game, if you ask a girl out, you treat it. And so I just I wish kinda, it was still that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I just mentally, I just start freaking out. What am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? And this is, a, again, a pre-ATM world. So there's no, and it's a pre like high school kids having a credit card world. So it's like when you're out for the weekend, the money you have Friday at four o'clock is the money you have for the rest yeah. of the weekend. So there's no hope of getting any money at this point. And so I just start going into overdrive. My little 16 year old minds like trying to come up, come up with ways to get out of it. And I only come up with two ideas and I recognize immediately that both of them are terrible. One is, well, maybe I can pretend to get sick or something. <laughs> you know, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that last dollop of sour cream on the potato skins, Ooh, you know, and somehow, you know, manufactured throwing up. But I, but I, I quickly realized that the stigma of throwing up on or near your date is perhaps even worse than not being able to, uh, get her movie ticket. And uh, then the other idea I have is this very kind of James Bond thing, like, well, I'll pretend to go to the bathroom and run out to the car and let the air out of the tires and we'll be late for the movie. And then I realized, like, I don't actually know how to do anything that complicated. (laughs) So the best that I can come up with is, well, we'll just drive to the movies and kind of see what happens. I <laughs> love that part so much because that's just how it is when you're that age. Like you're, the consequences, like you don't really put things together that way. It's like, well, let's just drive to the movies, even though I don't have enough money to pay for. It. Like, well, what else are you gonna do? Because yeah, like, otherwise, you just have to admit at that point right, that you don't. Right. So, it's so just forestalling. Yeah, maybe I can get in a car accident on the yeah, way. That'll right, be a exactly, good idea. You know, exactly. I, like I'm thinking that, and 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 then so I think you know to this point, I'm gonna say the date's been going good, but it. it then at this point, I'm sure I become the world's worst date because she's, you know, nattering away, talking to me all, all the way over to the movies. And I'm just sitting there like stone faced driving, thinking <laughs> I'm doomed. I'm doomed. I'm doomed. You know, I'm sure not responding at all. And we get to the theater and there's a ray of hope because the line for the movie is around the block. And it seems like everybody 
that Friday night is dying to see Tootsie. Tootsie, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Blockbuster. That and, I, and I'm thinking, maybe it's going to sell out. I could be saved. And so we start walking um, down the line to the end of the line, and we bump into some friends we knew. And so we start talking to them. I'm thinking, well, this is great. If we, if I can stand here for 10 minutes talking to them, another 20 people will get in line. You know, we'll be that much closer to being sold out. And um, then at some point, our friends are like, oh, do you want to cut in line with us? And I'm like, no, no, that you know. And I do like turn to the people behind us. I want to be fair to these people. All of a sudden, you know, trying to be very classy. And so we go to the back of the line, and. Um, and, and as it turns out, the show sells out. Yes. And, and I don't have to get there. And I'm so excited at this point because I now realize because our the plan that we had has gone awry, I can now get out of anything. And it, this is a movie that is like a, two, a duplex, a tuplex. And, uh, you know, whatever the other movie was playing, I was against it. You know, it's like. Oh, do you want to see the dare hunter? It's like, oh, no, you know, there's a Polish wedding scene that goes on forever. I hear it's terrible. What about Raging Bull? You know, it's like, oh, it's black and white. Who wants to see that crap? I mean, I don't remember what it was, but whatever it was, like, no, nah, it's terrible. And then she's like, well, you know, it's playing at this theater. Tootsie's playing at this theater across town. Maybe we could go there. And I'd be like, ah, oh, no, forget it. By the time we got there, I'm sure it'd be sold out. You know, it's like, do you want to go bowling? No, my bursitis is killing me. I mean, whatever she was throwing out there, I was like, no, you know. And, uh, and again, like, I'm sure I, I seem like a bad date, but at this point, my entire goal is just, it's got to end. And it's this funny thing. Cause I've been looking forward to this thing for like two months and now it's like seven 30 and I just <laughs> want it to, I want it over. I, you know, and I don't care how crappy I look if I never see her again, it's just <laughs> avoiding the humiliation. And so I, you know, so I suggest, I mean, the only thing that would not involve money, why don't we go back to your place? <laughs> you know, which is, which is so pathetic at that point. Cause, um, I also just love your place. Like when you were in high school, you lived with your parents. <laughs> your place. Go back to your pad. And um, do you have cable TV? Uh, you know, I don't know. And and I feel like it best that maybe that was perceived as some kind of makeout move. You know, we'll go back to your place at seven thirty, but which it wasn't <laughs> at all. And I just I also had this vision of like walking in on her parents making out. Right? I mean, you know, oh, my, our daughter's out. We can have sex. You know, <laughs> she won't be back till at least. You know, and then kind of returning uh, sheepishly at seven thirty, and so I was, a- I mean, I was able to uh, just totally skate, skate away without being humiliated. But I think it was just one of those things that it was this funny thing where it wasn't a particularly bad date because she never really found out, and no one did. But I think you know, in high school, you're just always so worried that you're going to be discovered as some kind of charlatan or just some just classless uncouth boob and i was i I would skated so close to that that i was just like forever scarred by that you know moment where it all narrowly came tumbling down but you persevered (laughs) and and won but i persevered and won and then in the funny cap to that story several years later in college when and i mean i should i should also say that back when i was a junior in high school i was very i'm not gonna say my mom dressed me but (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, we might as well say that. And, and um, when I got to college in my sophomore year and I, uh, you know, I got a leather jacket and some, dressed yourself, dressed, dressed myself, got something resembling a grown out mohawk, you know, all of a sudden all these girls from high school had, who had sort of spurned me were all of a sudden really interested in me, including this girl. And, and, and so we actually ended up going out for several weeks. And the thing is, she wanted to go out with me and I actually had no interest at that point, but there was that 
part of me that was like, well, I did sort of lust after you for several you know, months or perhaps years in high school. And now here's this opportunity. I'm not interested at all. But, you know, what are you going to mm. what are you going to do? Go out with a person for about two weeks. And did you take her to a movie at least? Manhunter? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I do not recollect. They're all really bad dates, guys. Yeah, yeah. Dates. we succeeded. I think it's a topic that will never run dry. Yeah, sadly, I could do this every weekend for the next <laughs> two months. Yeah. Well, there you go. Fantastic. Uh, you've been listening to the Nest of Vipers podcast. All right, and if those bad date stories weren't enough, we have a bonus story from Bucky Sinister, uh, recorded with Anthony Bedard and Jack Bulware in the background as well. Here we go. The, the first couple of days I was I was in the Bay Area, I was I was staying with a friend of a friend in San Mateo, and I take the Sam Trans up during the day to look for apartments in San Francisco. But at night I was just kind of bumming around San Mateo, and I was uh, coming out of a Seven Eleven, and I, I hear somebody start yelling at me like like Hey. Hey you, hey you with the, you with a haircut? And I was just like, you know, okay, there's some some crazy uh, cholos or some jocks or something. And, what kind of haircut did you have? Yeah, kind of this this mohawk disaster. Yeah, so I, I turn around ready ready to go. I mean, it's go time. We're about to fight, you know. And uh, turn around and there's this really like awesome looking punk girl sticking her head out of out of a car, and there's. You know, her two old friends driving it in the front. Uh, so we end up hanging out, and uh, she's really cool, and, and uh, her friends drop us off over to Safeway, and then they go. But, um, you know, in the Safeway, she, like, steals this bottle of vodka for me and just kind of just slides it right into her coat, just like, you know. Just true like, love. I know. It was really a way to impress me when I was 20, and just like, ah, she'd steal a big bottle of booze for me. And uh, we walk out and go to the train tracks to drink it, and everything's cool, and we split it. Straight you know. now. Yeah, yeah, we're just mm. we're just passing this back and forth. Warm vodka. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh. You know, <laughs> like and it odd, was like, odd it to be like, yeah, yeah. We probably didn't <laughs> like, steal odd, odd to be twenty again. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Like it was a thing. We're not even smart enough to steal something better. You know, it's like I think it was just like you know. Uh, just like Smirnoff vodka or something like that. We could have stolen anything, but you know, you still, Clark vodka. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's else? like so you know, it wasn't a six dollar Kamchatka vodka, but it was it was uh, you know still pretty swellish. But we split this thing in because uh, we each had like you know half a fifth. It was like a, about a pint. We're pretty pretty trash, you know. Like, and she says, uh, "Yeah, why don't you come over to my house? I want to show you something." I was like. Like, hell yeah, I'm ready to see it. It's the line you've been waiting for your yeah, whole yeah, life. Yeah, totally. Here you are, you're in the big city. That's right. And I hope yeah. you have a toilet, by the way. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we, we get to her house, and uh, she's like, well, let's come back in my room. I'm like, hell, hell yeah, let's let's go. And uh, we get to her room, and I'm a little bit behind her. She reaches under the bed to get something. And it just I, keeps getting better. Yeah, and she when she... Uh, when she pulls it out, she unrolls it on her bed, and it's a full size Nazi flag. It's like as big as her as her twin bed. Oh, and, and you I'm just, made love on top of it. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> funny you should ask. Uh, but no, it, it, I, it, the day was going up, so good to that point. Did I you hated roll her to, up in it and throw her back on the tracks? What? I, <laughs> I was just like, it kind of yeah, it kind of freaked me out. I was like, okay, this this isn't going to be cool. The last thing like. No, I had, this like, isn't going to last. Cue, cue, this, cue the theme to Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> yeah, I'd already had a succession of like kind of like stalkerish 
girlfriends who had kind of scared me, who had just been like yeah. little art school chicks and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So you've moved up to the Nazi. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this is you know if this goes like you, it did with like you've you know done, what's your name like you, last year like this done is the be... religious chicks, the art school chicks, yeah, yeah, but yeah. not the fashion she, chicks. She, yeah. she unrolled the flag and you were like, yeah, vol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, oh, mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can I, walk again. I, I, I was like, uh, I was like, you know, is that a joke? Are you really into this? Did you like what? What, what the hell? Is That's not a great line. Cause you got a flag, you got a, the big flag that you pull out on the first date. I'm thinking yeah, it's yeah. not a joke. Yeah, I know. And she was, but like, she was uh, thinking this was going to impress you, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like you were well, like, like, a Nazi like you were that yeah, yeah, close yeah. to being a Nazi anyway, or something. I, well, it was just, yeah, with the right, with the the, pretty persuasion, the right, like, uh, with the right like, vodka, anyone can be a Nazi. Yeah, this is like 1989, and like the punks and the skins were kind of splitting at that point, and uh, you know, it's like where they were evolving into two. Entirely separate scenes. Kind of around the Geraldo uh, Rivera. Yeah, it was about, probably about a year after that or something. And uh, so, I don't know. Like, I, she had kind of like, well, we still considered a punk haircut. But it was like, when I'm looking back at it, it was kind of more of like a... like Aryan a, like a, features? <laughs> no, like kind of like a Chelsea, you know, like the, the skinhead Chelsea cut. You know, whatever, the, the long fake side. I, I think they're showing that in Vogue this and year. Like, the, like a little kind of tucked in the front. And it was like, oh, you know, this is like a... You know, San Mateo skinhead kind of look, I guess. And as it turns out, you know, but I don't, yeah, can, I don't can know. Can we Google San Mateo skinhead and see what we get? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, so what happened, man? Well, you know, we I, like I said, look, you know, you're not really in this. Like, yeah, I am. I was like, well, this isn't gonna work out. I gotta, you know, I gotta leave. And then she looked really upset, like, well, you know, what I do? And then I was just like, hey, look, and actually kind of stayed around there and talked with her for a while about. It. I'm like, why, why are you into this? Like. You know, who gave you this flag? Where'd you get it? Like, come on. Like, what, you know, are you, is it, like, just some group of knuckleheads that you know or whatever? And, uh, Nothing pisses know. Nazis off more than calling him a bunch of knuckleheads. That's yeah. <laughs> well, well, it blows a hole, the whole, like, you know, fascist uh, yeah, but, you world know, domination. Talking about it, and, and, and at the, it's like, well, what do you really, you know, I, I get into kind of a more deeper thing, you know, like, like, what do you really want from your life? And she said she really wanted to be a mortician. I was like, well, there's a school of mortuary science in San Francisco. It's really good. It's one of the best mortuary science schools in the country. She's they like, have a Nazi division. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she's like, well, you know, how do you know about this? Like, you know, I've been chasing goth girls for years. Are you kidding me? Of course I know about this place, you know? And uh, so. Um, it's a little job counseling. Yeah, yeah. And just pointing away. And all of a sudden, uh, we start hearing like a key in the front door. And she just, her eyes get really big. She's like. It's like, oh, oh shit! You gotta get out of here. And I'm like, oh, what? I'm thinking it's like, you know, the, like the Nazis coming. I think it's the Nazi skinheads. The Fuhrer. The Fuhrer is all here. And uh, and uh, the boys like, from Brazil, the one renegade <laughs> one yeah, in San totally. Mateo. It's like, you know, it, it, it raises in my mind. It's like, oh, I've been, you know, like it's, you know, like it's maybe maybe it's her boyfriend, and like, you know, she brought me home, and he was gone, and now he's home, and it's gonna get ugly, and. So I like started to get in the full like. And it was her mom, and it turned mode. out she was fourteen. It was her mom, and uh, Whoa, and, and <laughs> her mom was huge. I've seen and this movie. her mom like took up the whole doorway. It was just like this crazy was like it Eddie Murphy. And, uh, it, it just like you know this is a huge huge like, mom, and she was just, like mom. she saw me and just like the fire got in her eyes, and she was <laughs> she was like you know you have to get out of here. Like, you know, I'm going to call the cops on you. And, and she was standing between me and the door, and I couldn't leave. I didn't want to get closer. I'm like, I'm, I, I want to go. I'm, no, 
know where to get out. Was a Nazi flag still on the bed? I don't know. I'm not sure what, what she did, did with that. Did the mom know about oh. the Nazi thing? She probably thought I was the one who, like, you know, got her into it. Like, you know, just. That'd be a bad scene yeah. if you're kind of with, <laughs> oh, with that chick and there's a Nazi flag. flag. You're kind of <laughs> naked. You're both kind of naked and the mom walks in. And it's just a bad yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. So. Not that you know. that was a scene, but when we make the movie, that yeah. should be the scene. But yeah, did yeah. you get naked on top of the flag? No, no, no. Oh. No, I was seeing the did poster you give, for the movie right yeah. there. Did you give job counseling on top of the flag? Uh, no, no, we did not. And uh, somehow her her mom's like going for the phone because this is pre cell phone days, kids. And uh, her mom's like going for the phone to call the cops. And I tell you, take my thing to run past her and and get out the door. And she's got her phone in hey, and she's like, I'm calling the cops right now. They're gonna come get you. And behind it, like this girl is like, like, give me the call me sign, like right behind her mom and everything. And uh, like, strangely enough, <laughs> <laughs> a couple years later, I'm, I'm down at that newsstand at like, uh, like it was at, at, at like Powell, Powell Street, like that one that newsstand that was right there, a couple stops up from the uh, cable oh, yeah, car. Mark, and uh, sure, we're, we're all just gonna say yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and this this lady comes up to me in full like business attire, and she calls me by name, and I was I didn't recognize. Right she's like, you don't recognize me, do you? And I'm like. No, she's she like, says I want to show you something. She lifts, she well, pulls her skirt down, and she has some Nazi underwear on. Right? No, that would be pretty hot. I think I want to probably end it there. That was a pretty good ending. Like, look at these. Uh, but you know, it was it was her, and, 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 and she was with some other people. And she's like, uh, "You remember me?" I'm like, uh, "You know," I'm, and she said her name and said, uh, uh, "I said I'm I'm now at the school of mortuary science." I was like, "Holy crap!" And you know, she actually went, and uh, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I said, uh, "Are you still in all that stuff you used to be into?" She's like, "Nah, I grew out of that." So I, uh, you know, wow, I'm into sex with dead people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. So we went back to her place of work on the slab. Yeah. been listening to the nest of vipers podcast for more information on the show and to leave feedback check out our website www.nestofviperspodcast.typepad.com also you can check out movie clips of the music movies and other cultural references we make at our youtube channel www.youtube.com backslash nest of vipers podcast 